Parenthood just recorded a dance video. It was like 30 seconds long. Look <laughs> shake, guys. So, so winded. Why am I so winded? From 30 seconds of dancing. This is what 2020 has done to us. <laughs> this is what 41 has done to me. Yeah, I've always been winded. I don't know your excuse. I ran track and field and I was still winded. That's fine. <laughs> Do your parents oh. listen to our podcast? No, they don't. I've told my mom about the podcast. Every time I mention the podcast, she never says anything. Huh? Like, <laughs> and I think it's because she may not know what a podcast is. And so oh. she just doesn't want to comment on it because she doesn't want there to be any questions. My dad will high five me when he asks how many lessons we've had. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a 10 is good or yeah. anything. He's like, yes. All right. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks That's for the cute. support. My mom would be like, what are you doing today? And I'm like, I'm recording the podcast with Karen. Just, she was like, okay. <laughs> I keep wanting to be like, "Do you, would you like to know about the podcast? Yeah. No. Mom, acknowledge my accomplishments. <laughs> Praise she does. me. Listen, here's my favorite story about my mom. Okay. Ready? Hey, guys, this is the Witch's Magic oh. Murder Bear History Podcast. <laughs> We're, this is not a fitness podcast or no. an out-of-shape podcast. It is about to be a Megan's Mother Appreciation podcast, though, because, wait, you're all going to love this story. Wait for it. Megan's mom's great. We took my youngest daughter to play soccer when she was, like, four. Gosh, and so cute. And, listen, my kids are amazing. Yeah. But, the best. but not great at soccer. Oh, my, no. And it was, like, her first soccer game. And so, the moment she steps onto the field, I mean, just, like, like her foot hits the field. And my mom's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, and like my husband's looking at me, and I'm just like, I don't. Okay. So then, whatever. She plays the game. Anytime the ball like comes in her direction, my mom was just like, yes, you know. <laughs> so then, at the end of the game, the parents would go out and have like two lines, and we would put our hands up to make kind of a tunnel uh-huh. that the kids would then run through. Yeah. So we go out there, and my mom gets right next to me. <laughs> we put our arms up. And the kids start running through, and I kid you not, as every single child run through, ran through, my mom would go, "You're a champion! You're a champion! You're a champion! You're a champion!" Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> and my husband, right next to me, just looked at me and, and like closed his eyes, like, "Oh my gosh!" He's like, "You're a champion! You're a champion!" She couldn't even like keep up because the kids are running through. You're a champion! You're a champion! But she really needed them to know. They needed. To I mean, know they're champion. That is my mother. I mean, maybe. Maybe one day she did that to Cristiano Ronaldo, and now that's why he's a champion. In case you've ever wondered where I get my amazingly huge ego, Didn't my mom. Be mom. <laughs> You're a champion. You're a champion. Thanks, mom. Oh, that's what a it. good mom. She's great. She really she's is great. Mom. Yeah. She'll never hear this. No, she doesn't listen to podcasts. But she is great. There's a hero. <laughs> Hey, welcome we're to the here, podcast. We're here, we're here. And I'm Kara. I'm Megan. <laughs> and we're here to talk about whatever Kara has for us today. The doctor who starved her patients to death. <laughs> oh, well, that's not okay. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things wrong. Okay. So this is a story about Linda Hazard. It was in this little town of Olala, I believe. I Olala? Had to, I had to Google it several Olala. times. Olala. But it sounds like... Olala. Olala. Or Lula. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Um, O-L-A-L-L-A, guys. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it should be a Lula at all. No. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to mispronounce it the whole entire time. But... Let's just say it different every time. Yes. Great. It was in 1910. 
It was Linda Hazard was born in Carver County, Minnesota in 1867. At 18, she was married, had two children, but in 1898, she left her husband and children to pursue her career in Minneapolis. Oh, she just left them. She said, peace out. Wow. Yeah. You could be a working mom. No. Maybe not in 18, whatever that was. What did you say? 1867. So in 1898 is when she left. Dang. Yeah. This goes on to say, some saw Linda Hazard as a woman ahead of her time. She stood up for her gender, challenged the medical establishment, and became a leading advocate for natural ways of healing. Drugs and surgery, she said, were not the best cures. Some called her brilliant and gifted and a gifted healer. Some were certain she was a fiend. The idea that you don't necessarily have to prescribe something every time somebody has a problem. Yes. Or cure it with surgery. Right. But sometimes it's necessary. Yes. Yes. Especially in the 1900s. Early minutes, like bloodletting. Let's just bleed you to death and see if that helps. Yeah. That's fine. So she did, however, go through with a divorce. So it's not like she just up and left everybody. Mm -hmm. She was just like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I've got other things to focus on. Yeah. But also, it mentions that she may have killed her first person in 1902. Hmm. So she was practicing on people with, like, holistic things and was just, you know, starving people and telling them to fast because it was better for their bodies instead of putting medicine in them. So So don't eat either. No medicine and no food. Yeah. So the coroner determined the death was caused by starvation. He tried to get her prosecuted, but since she wasn't licensed to practice medicine, she wasn't held accountable. And when investigators asked what happened to the victim's valuables, she was like, meh. I don't know. So if she had been a licensed doctor, they would have held her. But isn't there some sort of problem that she was not licensed and was practicing medicine? Well, okay. Okay. Am I getting ahead of things? I'm sorry. You're, no, that's my next one. Okay. So, despite formal training and lack of a medical degree, she was licensed by the state of Washington as a fasting specialist. Mm. So, you know how, like, I could be a personal trainer. Yeah. And tell people what to eat. I'm not a licensed sure. medical professional. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. After all of that happened with that death, there was more bad publicity. Um, She met and married the man of her dreams, Samuel Hazard, a West Point graduate who had ruined a promising military career by misappropriating army funds. He was a drunk, a swindler. He married twice before and hadn't bothered to divorce at least one of the wives when he (laughs) married Linda. (laughs) She at least got a divorce, but he was like, I just am so busy, like, swindling money and things with the army. Oh, did she? Did you say that he was the man of her dreams? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Funny. yeah, he went to trial for bigamy, and it ended in a two-year prison sentence. After he finished his sentence in 1906, the couple set out for Washington State to start oh, over. She stayed with him. Uh huh. <laughs> She began practicing in Seattle, commuting by ferry from a 40-acre spread in the Kitsap County town of Olala. She named Wilderness Heights. She planned to build a big sanitarium there someday. Okay. Where you just sit and don't eat? Yep. So she was the first doctor in the United States to earn this 
fasting specialist license. So fasting had been considered a quack medical cure um, with like the health fattists of the time, but a loophole in the licensing law grandfathered in some practitioners and alternative medicine who didn't have medical degrees, including Miss Hazard. Hmm. So in 1908, she published a book, Fasting for the Cure of Disease. I mean... Like there, like you know, like intermittent fasting. And yeah, there are some health benefits to fasting, but this is yeah. It's like she didn't look to the other part of like, well, if you're sick, your body needs yeah, like food to have energy to fight whatever you're right. fighting. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. Uh, people said that she was just crazy and that um, she would just starve her patients for months at a time. <sighs> And it said many of her patients did die of star- starvation. Um, and in this small town of Alala, it was her place was nicknamed Starvation Heights by the locals, who would sometimes come across like skeletal people staggering down the road begging for food. I mean, how did anybody get better? I guess is what I'm curious about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, but there had to have been some sort of reason that uh-huh. she kept doing it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. There had to be some success stories, right? Yes. So her methods were extremely unorthodox, obviously. <laughs> she believed that the root of all disease lay in food, specifically too much of it. She said appetite is craving, hunger is desire. Craving is never satisfied, but desire is relieved when want is supplied. She wrote in her self-published 1908 book, Fasting for the Cure of Disease, The Path to True Health was to periodically let the digestive system rest through near-total fasts of days or more. During this time, patients consumed only small servings of vegetable broth. Oh my god. Yep. But she liked to add some things of her own to these fasts for people. Oh, okay. Um, she would do daily enemas oh. for hours. What? And would do them with 12, like up to 12 quarts of water. Why? They're not eating anything. Uh-huh. Oh. It said patients no. were hurting to cry out in pain during these procedures. Uh, the third part of her therapy was massage that consisted of her, this tiny little woman, um, beating her fist against the patient's foreheads and backs. <laughs> <laughs> it said that when she would do that, people would hear her scream, Eliminate! Eliminate! <laughs> They can't anymore. You just did a 12-hour enema on them. Yeah, we have eliminated, lady. I mean, how did this... How did she become this? I don't, you know what I mean? Like, she what? just decided that... And this... how desperate do you have to be to go to her for treatment? Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Hours of Hours. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, everything inside me just clenched up. <laughs> yeah, I need some, like, lanolin or some Boudreaux's back paste. Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> So one of her patients kept a diary, and his name was Earl Edward Erdman. He was a city of Seattle civil engineer, and um, he had died of starvation at the hospital. But during his time there, February 1st, he saw Dr. Hazard began his treatment. She did not give him breakfast. He had mashed soup dinner. Mashed soup. Yep. Mashed what do you soup. mean? Supper. <laughs> mashed I, soup. So dinner and supper are two different things. I I just like food. Dinner's lunch. I like supper's food. dinner. Yeah. Supper. To, yeah. That's how my dad talks too. Yeah. I'm just once like, dinner, okay, once okay. supper. Okay, y'all. Supper is your evening meal. 
I just like all meals. <laughs> just <laughs> like this food. program is not for me. First supper, second supper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then the next day he had an orange for breakfast, mashed soup dinner, mashed soup du- supper. <laughs> On the 8th, orange for breakfast, same dinner and supper. On the 9th through the 11th, same thing, but strained soup for supper. Ew. February 12th, one orange, one orange dinner, one orange supper. February oh, 13th, an orange one orange breakfast, breakfast, no dinner, no supper. No. February 14th, one cup of strained tomato broth at 6 p.m. February 15th, one cup of hot strained tomato soup, night and morning. It goes on to <laughs> just a lot of nothing. This. Yes. So on the 19th, he called on Dr. Dawson at his home and he slept well that night. And the next day, he ate a little bit, but he was dizzy all day. Uh, yeah. He continued back aches, started to become more common for him. He ate juice of two small oranges, backache on the right side. So what is that, your kidneys? Oh, I have absolutely no idea. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I don't know anything He about felt very bad, tried to drink some milk and couldn't. Continues on through the 24th. He starts to get really bad headaches. Um, she gave him two. He ate on a half cup of hot tomato soup at 6 p.m. So we're at February 24th. What day did this start? It started on the 1st. So it's been 24 days yes. of eating like this or yep. not eating. Yep. So after he ate the soup, it said <sighs> the next day he slept pretty well Thursday night. He also had one and a half cups tomato broth at 11 and then had some more. But then he started having pain right below his ribs. The 26th, he did not sleep well. Pain right side just below the ribs in the back. Pain quit at night. Um, continued to eat broth. The diet continued more or less unchanged until his hospitalization on March 28th. He died that afternoon. So now it's been two months. So it took two months for him to die. Oh. Yes. So it says, despite her harsh methods, she attracted her fair share of patients. One was Daisy Maud Hogland, Hagland. Man, the names yeah. are great. A Norwegian immigrant who died in 1908 after fasting for 50 days under Hazard's care. 50 days. She left behind a three-year-old son, Ivor, who would later go on to open the successful Seattle-based seafood restaurant chain <laughs> that bears his name. <laughs> but it's like, I, I just, 50 days. But the best remembered of Hazard's patients are a pair of British sisters named Claire and Dorothea, known as Dora Williamson, the orphan daughters of a well-to-do English Army officer. In the book Starvation Heights by Greg Olson, he is talking about the sisters first saw an ad for Hazard's book in a newspaper while staying at the Lush Empress Hotel in Victoria, British Columbia. Though not seriously ill, the pair felt they were suffering from a variety of minor ailments. Dorothea complained of swollen glands and rheumatic pains, while Claire had been told she had dropped a uterus. <laughs> okay. Dropped, she dropped a it. uterus. The sisters were great believers in what we might today call the alternative medicine and had already given up both meat and corsets in an attempt to improve their health. Oh, you should give up corsets. Yeah, those sure. are going to just bind That's definitely gonna hurt you. all into some knots. So, as soon as they learned of Hazard's Institute of Natural Therapeutics in Alala, they became determined to undergo what Claire called Hazard's most beautiful treatment. Oh. Yeah. The Institute's countryside um, was very appealing to the sisters. 
And they were like, okay, you know, the, she's in a good place. This place is beautiful. Like, it's going to be great. They dreamed of horses grazing in the fields, vegetable broths made with produce fresh from nearby farms. But when they got to her place in 1911, they were told the sanitarium in Olala wasn't quite ready. Instead, Hazard set them up in an apartment in Seattle's Capitol Hill, where she began feeding them a broth made from canned tomatoes. No. They got a cup of it twice a day. They were given long, hour, hours long enemas. I just... Yeah, in a bathtub, which was covered with a canvas oh. support. When the girls would start to faint during their treatments, she was able to lift them back up. Hours long enemas. I can't uh -huh. get over it. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So by the time that they were transferred to the home in Alala, two months later, they weighed about 70 pounds each. And neither one of them was really sick when they got there. That's nope. the thing that's like... No. One had some arthritis issues and the other one had a uterus. A dropped uterus. Yeah. yeah. The sisters were used to family disapproving of their health quests, and so they decided not to tell anyone. The only clue, something was amiss, came in a mysterious cable to their childhood nurse, Margaret Conway, who was then visiting family in Australia. It contained only a few words, but seemed nonsensical to the nurse, and so she bought a ticket to go check on them. Oh, good. Yes. So they sent her mm -hmm. something. Okay. Yes. So when Dr. Hazard's husband, Sam, went to go meet the nurse, Margaret, in Vancouver, Sam delivered some startling news. Claire had died. So Dr. Hazard later explained the culprit was a course of drugs administered to Claire in, in her childhood, and it shrunk her internal organs and caused cirrhosis of the liver. So she's trying to blame it on their childhood nurse who was coming to you know, check uh, on them. She said it was because of medication given to her as a kid and caused cirrhosis of the liver. No, I'm sorry. All these enemas and starvation. No. Caused. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, you know, this beautiful treatment couldn't save her. Beautiful treatment. This beautiful treatment. It's beautiful. So even though Margaret wasn't a trained doctor, she knew something was wrong. Claire's body embalmed in and on display at the Butterworth Mortuary near Pike Place Market Looked like it belonged to another person. The hands, facial shape, color of the hair all looked wrong to her. Once she was in Olala, Margaret discovered that Dora weighed only 50 pounds. Oh my god. Her sitting bones protruding so sharply she couldn't sit down without pain. But she didn't want to leave Olala, despite the fact that she was clearly starving to death. Why didn't she want to leave? It says that people were terrified of Hazard, um, but they also thought that it was working. Why? Yeah. Yeah. They were so just out of it. It seems almost cult-like. You know what I mean? Yes. Because, like, you know, they, they take you away from everybody. Yes. You live there. And then they control mm -hmm. everything you do there. So it almost, I feel like it becomes like a psychological thing yes. where you're like, I've invested so much into this, so mm -hmm. I have to believe in it. Yeah. But if they're afraid of her, they'd be getting away from her. Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, this goes on to say that um, Dr. Hazard had convinced most of her patients to sign her into their wills and make them make her like executor over their estates. And her, it says her, she became Dora's guardian for life. So she knew what she was doing. This is not yes. like she's just a crazed doctor who's yes. super misguided. Uh -huh. She's oh yeah, well aware of what's happening. Yes, and then she signed her husband Samuel into power of attorney over Dora. So the Hazards had helped themselves to Claire's clothes, 
Household goods estimated $6,000 worth of sisters' diamonds, sapphires, and other jewels. Wow. And Dr. Hazard even delivered a report to Margaret concerning Dora's mental state while dressed in one of Claire's robes. Oh, The my deceased God. sister. Margaret didn't get anywhere trying to convince her that Dora needed to leave. Her position as a servant hindered her. She was like, no, you can't take her. You have no control over this. Yeah. She was like, see, we've got it all in writing. She seemed to hypnotize her with her booming voice and flashed dark eyes. In fact, some wondered if Hazard's interest in spiritualism um, and the occult had given her strange abilities. So people think... To like, have power over yeah. them and influence them? Yeah. So people think that she, like, dabbled in witchcraft. I mean, she had to have been... Um, you know, people trusted her... To, they kept doing this, even though it couldn't yeah. have been easy, yeah. especially those first few days of starving. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they stuck with it. So she must have been, like, convincing or charismatic yeah. or something. But can you just imagine seeing someone weighing 50 pounds after no. they were probably, like, a... That sounds awful. A good 130. Yeah. 140. Like, I don't even understand how they can be alive at 50 pounds. No. Like, how, how, how? are you alive? Yeah. She couldn't even sit. It hurt so bad. So in the end, it took the arrival of John Herbert, one of the sister's uncles who Margaret had summoned from Portland, Oregon, to free Dora. After some haggling, he paid Hazard nearly $1,000 to let her leave the property. He had to pay to have a family member removed from the property. So the health director of Seattle said he couldn't intervene since Hazard was... She had a license to do, you know, what she was doing. And the patients were willing participants. They paid her to do this therapy on them. Uh, She had many loyal followers and commanding personality. Some of her patients, like I said, were afraid of her and couldn't bring themselves to disobey. Because I'm sure she would beat them. I guess. And yeah, they're weak. Yes. So she started putting patients up in Seattle hotels and on the Olala property and then when the coroner would get autopsy reports, he would list them as, you know, cause of death is starvation. But if she performed the autopsy, it was anything but. She would just figure out random stuff and be God. like, oh, it was, you know, cirrhosis of the liver or whatever. Hours of venomous. Mm-hmm. So, in 1909, 26-year-old Eugene Stanley Wakeland's decomposing body was found on the Hazard's property. He was the son of a British lord and had died as a result of a bullet to his head. It was presumed a suicide. Linda Hazard had power of attorney over his estate, and she wired his lawyer complaining she needed more of his funds to pay his bill at the mortuary. Later, the British vice counsel in Tacoma speculated that he had been shot by the Hazards, who were frustrated to learn that despite his family, he wasn't rich. Oh, so he was a lord, but it didn't matter. he didn't. I mean, right now we could be lords and ladies if we buy a little pot. I know, in Scotland. (laughs) Yeah. So, on August 15th, 1911, Kitsap County authorities arrested Linda Linda Hazard on charges of first-degree murder for starving Claire to death. Oh, good. The following January, Hazard's trial opened at the county courthouse in Port Orchard. Spectators crowded the building to hear servants and nurses testify how the sisters had cried out in pain during their treatments, suffered through enemas lasting for hours, and endured baths that scalded at the touch like these, I mean, I'm sure these are murderinos that are just like, oh, we want to hear all the gory yeah. details. But God, after this story, I never want us to ever talk about hours long enemas ever again. Okay? No, no more it's, enemas. It's, it's, you can't. No, more. no more. I don't ever want. Thank enema. you. Yep, you're welcome. Deal. Deal. <laughs> Sold. Um, 
that they also said that they caused the people financial starvation, so they would forge checks, letters, and other fraud that had emptied their estate. Um, there were rumors never proven that Hazard was in league with the Butterworth Mortuary and had switched Claire's body with a healthier one so no one could see how bad she was. And remember, oh. her the nurse servant was just like, that does not look like her. Yeah. So it probably you said yeah. that hair and none of that looked right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it said she refused to take any responsibility for Claire's death or the deaths of any of her other patients. She believed, as she wrote in Fasting for the Cure of Disease, that death is the fast. Death in the fast never results from deprivation of food, but is the inevitable consequence of vitality sapped to the last degree by organic imperfection. So in other words, she's like, okay, well, you died because you had something else going on with you and the fast just brought it on. No. <laughs> no. You're starving the people The fast is death. what brought on my death. You yes. are starving people to death. This is terrible. Yeah. And people trusted her. Yeah. So... It's just like, even though this was horrible, people continued this through the years. Like, they took her book and were just like, yeah, see, she was successful. I mean, you hear with some stories of, of it now. Like, people who are like, I only, uh-huh. I, I survive on air. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And she was that. just like, well, yogis and Jesus Christ practiced it. So why not me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then people were like, witch! <laughs> God. Yeah. So the jury in Hazard's trial was unmoved by her claims of political motivation. After a short period of deliberation, they returned the verdict of manslaughter. Uh, it said the defendant's outspoken nature had inspired women from across the Northwest and beyond, and hundreds flocked to the trial. One reporter tallied 248 women in the line, the wives of Navy officers, society women, and even odd consortium of female private detectives. Linda Hazard played to the crowd like a politician on the stump. I'm a great believer in women and will defend members of my sex at all times. I'm willing to place my fate in the hands of a jury of women at any time, she told the press during the court recess. So the women came to support her. Mm-hmm. I was hoping they came because they were, like, outraged. Yes. But that's not no. it. No. No. So it was because she was, like, women's rights, women's rights. And so they were like, yeah, women's rights. Let's support this woman with different ideas. You're starving people to death. Yeah, that would be, like, me being like, hey, this essential oil is great. You know, replacement for food. Yeah. So just drink just, this just all the drink time. Drink it. Drink it all, all the time. time. Essential oils are great, but you don't replace your food with them. No. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> okay, so it goes on to say she said that she was being persecuted because she was a successful woman and that in the traditional doctors represented her success and opposed natural cures. So she told reporters, I intend to get on the stand and show that bunch. They've been playing checkers, but it's my move now. <laughs> I'll show them. You think she like said at home at night and she's like, here's what I'm going to say. I'll show them a thing or two when I get on the stand. I'm going to talk about checkers. 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 That'll shut them up. Like not even chess. Like moving your king, queen, no. knight. She pulls out a little choke. She's like, this is the perfect time to use that checker line I perfected last <laughs> I <like> night. <laughs> It's my move now. It's my move now. I'll show them a thing or two when I get on stand. But her lawyer was like, no, bitch, you're not getting on stand. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, no, no. I bet that's exactly what he said. Yeah. (laughs) So the judge was just like, no, we're not doing this. Um, He found a complete paper trail of everything saying that Claire and Linda Hazard 
Um, you know, she had stolen their diamonds, like stolen all of this stuff from them. So then she finally was sentenced to hard labor at the penitentiary at Walla Walla and her medical license was revoked for reasons unknown. What do you she mean for reasons like, unknown? I know! Like, she I know them. She killed all these people. I know the she reasons. She killed all these people. Yeah. But She's listen, a terrible person. Listen, listen. She was later pardoned by the governor, although her license was never reinstated. She served two, only two years. And she began fasting in prison to prove the value of it. Yep. She was released on parole in December 26, 1915. Yep. I hate her. Yeah. Gave her, the governor gave her a full pardon. So she and her husband, Sam, moved to New Zealand where she practiced as a dietitian until 1920. She returned to Olala in 1920 and opened a new space. It was known as the School of Health since her medical license had been revoked and can, she continued to starve patients until it burned to the ground in 1935. It was never rebuilt. Its ledge is still powerful in Olala and visitors to the grounds as recently as a decade ago still found remnants of her presence in trash and debris in the underbrush. What? Yep. Her book continues to influence a small fasting movement to this day with proponents claiming it's a true cure-all. So three years after the school burned to the ground in 1938, Hazard, nearly in her 70s, fell ill and decided to fast because it would cure her. Uh, it did not cure her, and she died shortly thereafter. <laughs> Narrator. Yes. It did not. It did not. And so she fasted herself to death. So and this is her, and this is um, Dorothea. Yeah. Oh, what a horrible picture. Yep. She just looks like a skeleton. Yeah. I don't think we can post that. No, we can't. No. No. But look at that. Ah. Uh, also, for someone that's making people fast, she doesn't look very fit. Yeah, she... I mean, but it's not about being fit. It's just about being... Yeah. Like, she... I mean, you could look at her cheekbones. Oh, yeah, that's you true. You can tell she's... <sighs> that's a bad one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta, like, I've got my yeah. hand... My hand is covering up the picture of Dorothea because it's, it's bad. It's so bad. It... I'm glad that her nurse got her out of there, though. Yeah. It's sweet that it's like their childhood nurse. Oh, yeah. Was like, uh, something's not right here. So, to... I, it does interest me that in her early 70s, she is like, I'm going to fast to get better. Yeah. And she didn't. So I guess she did believe it. Yeah. Was this the first time she fasted, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Was Did she they like, do the hours-long enemas? Maybe she was like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I guess I'll try this. I think I'm going to see if it works. You I know, I've know. got a 50-50 chance. I've killed majority of my patients, but it's fine. How horrible. She's a horrible lady. 12 hours. And there's still people who believe in it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yep. I wonder, wonder why her medical license was revoked. I That's, wonder why. What a mystery. It was unknown. <laughs> It was unknown. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> happy day, guys. Congratulations on listening to that story. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's really bad. I just, you know, found it and was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's a fascinating story. It's also it's just a like. a fascinating <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> I do not, I do not approve of that. <laughs> absolutely not um it's a good reminder too of how like you can 
I feel like a lot of times when you, like, you know, like we love like reading about all the witchy stuff oh, yeah. and the spiritual stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, it's real easy to take like a small thing you've learned and then just go completely insane with oh, it. Gosh, like yeah. this woman's clearly somewhere yeah. learned about like, I mean, think of all the things we know now that they probably didn't even know then about like gut bacteria. And, you know, well, yeah. And it's important to like. And they have that faster way to fat loss now, but you do it in a healthy way. Right. And it's not fasting. Yeah. It's whole food nutrition, but you get yeah. rid of this bad things or whatever. You know, and I understand people who like, maybe they're sensitive to gluten or maybe right. they have some kind of food allergy they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And so by fasting, they do start feeling better, right. but it's not for the reasons you think. System, right. Yeah. And it's just like, Ugh. we're not doing it for two months and we're not having hours giving long you cans of broth that you thought were going to be tomatoes that you thought were going to be like farm to table experiences. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> if you have any story ideas for us, you can email them that to don't us. include enemas. No enemas. Z- zero stories about enemas. We're done with them. Which is magic murder mystery at gmail.com. Yeah. Find us on Instagram, which is magic murder mystery. Uh, if you haven't left us a review, we would super, super love that. It helps us out so much. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars all day and day. <laughs> uh, we will talk to you next week. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.